All right, hockey fans, welcome back to the Rinkcast 2021-2022 hockey season. My name's Andy Campbell here for the Rink, and we're here to talk some Blackhawk hockey. We all love David Bowie. We're going to shut him down, though, right now. Uh, welcome. Hope you are all excited. This is season five, episode two. We've decided today, uh, 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 off the bat, we're just going to call this New Hope to talk about some Blackhawk hockey. <laughs> And, and tie it into Star Wars because a lot of you have your hopes and dreams of re-sipping from Lord Stanley's cup, but not so fast. We got a lot to break down here. So if you could see the ticker at the bottom, www.puckhockey.com. If you want some rink gear, use discount code the rink, 10% off. A hundred bucks gets you a free t-shirt. We got some good swag. We got some good gear. We also have a great crew here tonight that we're really, really fired up about some of the usual suspects, and some new and improved talent on the webcast roster, the webinar roster, if you will. What about old and broken down talent? Old broken down talent. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen your, I've seen your latest clips, buddy. You still got it in that crease. So, um, you know, I think a, a newborn, we're hoping a Jonathan Taves newborn uh, type vibe with the gatekeeper. Gates here, folks. Mr. Osborne. The I know. Tender, the founder of uh of the rink co-founder 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 it's uh it's pretty special with the new expansion franchise gate how we doing man i'm good uh i'm just here i'm just here for the free swag that's what i'm here for awesome love it (laughs) and our new content director eric andrews he has maybe the best hockey uh memorabilia collection that i know of he was showing me some good swag and we might defer to him later to find out a little bit more about that passion but Eric Andrews, welcome tonight. Good to see you, my friend. Likewise, likewise. Excellent. And we're going to go kind of around the dot and downward because I want to finish with someone who, uh, who, stre- who always has the best hat game in the league. Uh, but we're going to welcome Andrew Bard, um, who I have not met until tonight. And I'm fired up to learn more about you and talk some hacks. And uh, welcome, Andrew. How you been, man? I've been great. Great to be here. Looking forward to the season. Looking forward to being with you guys throughout the season. This is a lot of fun. I'm truly excited about it. Uh, even though I grew up in New York, I've been a Blackhawks fan since, God, I would say the uh, mid-late 80s. Um, actually, Sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've seen the worst. And uh, I saw it actually from a black and white TV, believe it or not. Story for another time. But uh, this hat actually is from the late 80s. I still have it and uh, decided to wear it today. So I believe it. Wow. Yeah. It's hot as hell, but yeah. Well, <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome aboard. Great to have you here. Shawnee, watch out. That guy went retro on you pretty yeah. early with the hats. He did. I yeah. know he went retro on me. I'm going uh, winter classic 47 brand from the uh, Notre Dame Ooh. Uh, winter classic game. Um, I believe the Hawks have only won one outdoor game and that was at soldier field where I was at. So, but I'm excited to be back this season. Excited for both uh, the new hope, the new podcast format, and the new crew. So very excited. Yeah, Sean Fitzgerald, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't. It wasn't able to give him an intro, but uh, an asset, a great writer, great person, great hat game, and a strong personage online. Um, so fired up to be with all of you tonight. So here we go. Here we go. Um, now, folks. You know the last few years have been pretty grim. Let's call it what it is, okay? It hasn't been a whole lot of fun uh, at the United Center. Now what's going on? Summer hit, new acquisitions, new signings, new talent. Who's here? 
who's excited about who's here? Seth Jones, obviously the big name, the big contract, but there's more. There's the flower now in the cage. Flurry's here. Everyone's really excited for Mark Andre. We've seen fans already at the preseason games with jerseys, even though he wasn't even in the lineup last night, but we love that. McCabe and a few others. So let's start with Gate here. I'm curious, Gate, where's your excitement level right now? Who are you excited to watch out of the new acquisitions? Who do you think is going to have the biggest impact? And who do you think is kind of the undercard, the unexpected here? Like, actually, this is kind of good that we got this guy, um, even though people aren't talking about it as much. Um, I don't know about the rest of these guys, but I'm excited about seeing more Dylan Strom. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Why would you do that? It's early. I had to, I had to open this up with you hosting with, with a Dylan Strom <laughs> line just to love get it. the blood flowing. I love it. I love it. Um, now, I'm, now I'm really excited. No, I mean, well, well Stan, Stan did a lot of really good things. He, he addressed a lot of needs, which mm-hmm. they should have decided to address needs, I think, before they decided that they were going to rebuild and then putting it off a year. But here we are. Um, I, you know, a flurry, they got him for free. You can't, you can't, can't question that. Um, McCabe, I think, is my under, my under the radar one. Uh, he may not be as under the radar, but I think McCabe's going to be, just as important as maybe Seth Jones to that back end because of the style of play that he plays and the, the fact that the Blackhawks didn't have stuff like that. He is more of a, a John Moresque type of you know job and skill set along with Connor Murphy now who also has kind of more of that. So they got two guys that can play solid on both ends of the Ooh. ice. Uh, they might not put up a bunch of numbers, but uh, that's, that's why I think is really going really gonna to shine. Uh, the other guys, I mean, Tyler Johnson, he's, we don't know right now. They don't even know where he's going to play. Uh, yeah. So who knows what's going to happen with that. But um, Flurry is going to make a big impact too, obviously. So Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's for sure. Huge. Good points there. Eric, what say you about the acquisitions and what excites you the most about this group now? Yeah. I mean, I have always been a big Marc-Andre Flurry fan. Um, I just love his personality and I think the, type of goaltending style that he has is just exciting to watch, even if that can be a little scary at times, but um, yeah, always been a big fan of his. So the fact that he's a Blackhawk now is just really cool for me. Um, Who's going to make the biggest impact. I mean, I think between flurry and Seth Jones, that's probably the two that you'd be looking at. Um, Obviously long-term the answer is Seth Jones. Um, you know, having a, a true number one defenseman is something that this team has needed for a while. And the fact that uh, Stan Bowman went out and got that number one defenseman, you know, whether you agree with what they gave up to get him, what they paid him, any of that, you know, he did still address that need. So that's really good to see. And I'm excited to see, uh, you know, just how, how high of a level he can end up getting to. Um, as far as under the radar, uh, I was going to say Jake McCabe as well. I think that's a kind of a guy who maybe in a normal Blackhawks off season would kind of be like one of the main guys that they get in the off season. But I think just with, you know, Jones and flurry and Tyler Johnson, you know, all kind of overshadow him a little bit. And, you know, I think also kind of like what gate was saying, that kind of goes along with his playing style as well, you know, kind of being more of that defensive defenseman um you know but assuming that he's healthy you know obviously he's had some struggles over the last few years but if he is healthy I think he could probably be you know kind of that Calvin DeHaan type of guy that just is you know provides that solid defense 
And uh, obviously that's something that this team needs. So I'm excited to see, you know, what, what he can do over the next few years. Awesome. Excellent thoughts. Thank you, my friend, Mr. Bard, welcome aboard again. And um, yeah. What do you think? What do you think some, uh, some thoughts on some of the new guys are? I would say Jones is the one that I'm really excited about as in Seth Jones. Um, he's been one of my favorite players to watch for a long time. And I think, you know, coming off that down year in Columbus, I think now I think he's going to be a little bit more um, more free to to be an offensive minded defenseman in addition to focusing on defense as well. Um, I think what actually really excites me uh, about all these new guys and I'm, I'm excited for them and um, all, all of them. But I think the leadership and the mentorship that they can provide um, for some of these young guys that may have been force fed a little bit into um, into the league early. You know, so look at somebody like Ian Mitchell or Nick Bodoin. Um, I think those guys, while they'll probably have a little bit more of a chance to um, develop maybe um, in Rockford. Now they have some leadership up there, you know, a little bit more leadership. Uh, that they can, you know, look up to and and um, and try to continue their development. Yeah. Good call, Shawnee. What's up, buddy? What do you got? I'm going to say um, Mark Andre Fleury, just because we saw uh, Kevin Lankinen kind of wear down being overused last year, and I think Fleury excelled in a tandem goals tending situation last year in Vegas with um, our guy. Who's why can't I think of his name off the top Robin of my head? Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard, thank you. Um, well, and I think him and Lankin in together in that tandem goaltending, maybe it's like a 60 40, 70 30 with uh Mark Andre Fleury taking the majority of the starts, but still, I think that's a huge upgrade for the Blackhawks. Mm -hmm. And it also Lankin was good when he wasn't overexposed, like when he didn't play so much in a row. So I think that benefits them immensely and then i think tyler johnson is probably a guy that i would say is kind of under the radar because i mean getting anything for brent seabrook's contract was huge and tyler johnson i mean he's two years removed like what he had 31 points in 1920 and then he he had 47 like three years ago so he's still a productive offensive player and you can play him anywhere down in your your top nine theoretically so that's that's another offensive weapon it diversifies their offense where they're not so top heavy with the all their offenses is coming from Patrick Kane so yeah. that's that's what I think and then He's I mean fine. yeah that that's where I'm at with yeah. my, the guys <clears throat> I agree I agree with all great points all around um you know it's with with Mark Andre Fleury if if you all that have been following the Hawks for a long time uh, during the dark ages, you know, the late nineties into the early, you 2000s. mean the last three years, right? Yeah. Well, the, okay, the first episode. <laughs> yeah. You mean when Craig Anderson was the goalie? Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not kind of, I'm not talking about the recent COVID years. I'm more talking about uh, the plague years, you know, when the United Center was, was really, really empty, even when tickets were available. Um, but those years, those were when you would hear, you know, of signings like Martin Lapointe because he's a great locker room guy. And you'd hear about all these additions because of great character guys. Yeah, I don't know. Well, he's a great player, great guy. Leo Fleury, um, I believe. Great guy. Yeah, Leo <laughs> Fleury. Oh, geez. Um, but with Mark Andre Fleury, uh, you get a Vesna goaltender. You get him for free, as Gabe mentioned, and you probably get the most likable personality uh, in the NHL. Um, you know, and I think so. Someone who in any locker room is a great fit, 
And um, especially when you're bringing up young goaltenders, what he can mean. So, you know, Lankinen, as you mentioned, Shawnee, he was good. He wasn't great. He wasn't, you know, his honeymoon phase ended abruptly, you know, when we were talking Calder at one point. Um, and then to look at the D, you lose Duncan Keith. You add Seth Jones. You add McCabe. You extend Connor Murphy. These guys are all three of these guys are 27, 28 years old, and they're entering the prime of their careers. And they didn't trade Calvin DeHaan. So if he's didn't healthy, trade Calvin DeHaan. So that's I a think, solid four. Right. So you, you, Jones is a number one defenseman. McCabe could find his way into the top four if he does well. Very, very possible. Um, and so essentially, two glaring needs um, you address uh, pretty swiftly, and it, it did better the team. And the idea with, uh, you know, Gate, as you were mentioning, getting Flurry for free, that's a home run. Getting Johnson essentially for free, um, even getting Johnson with like a gift bag with it, giving off, giving, getting rid of Seabrook's contract for that. So the Hawks made some really good moves in the offseason, and it should be really exciting um, to see what they can do. But some excellent points all around. I'm just I'm just shocked that they were able to get Flurry for as little as they got him. I mean, it's not like I mean, sure, he's a little on the older side, but he's coming off a Vezina trophy like he's shown he can carry the mail. And you basically just gave him away for a guy that you turned around and you waved. Yeah. And it was, that it was, was it? It was a move for cap space. That's all it was. Yeah, they but needed, even, they, even there's got to be someone who needs a Mark Andre Fleury out there. I yeah. mean, someone well, could use a like, Mark Andre Fleury. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe people aren't committed to the tandem, like because that's where he's going to excel is in a tandem goalie situation. And maybe teams aren't committed to that. And, and some, and some teams though, you know, even if you don't have, have a tandem, space. even if you don't have a tandem, a Mark Andre Flurry is probably better than what you're already going with. Even if he's going to break down or well, what, whatever. I agree with is. that. Well, he's a good player. He he makes a lot of money for one year, and then he's gone. Like you use him for yeah, the year that you, know, you one, get one him, year and left, he's gone. One year left at it just amazes me they could not get more for it. It's it's a mastery by Stan Bowman. Is well, what, and, what I'm and, getting at. Yeah. Did you just took a risk with that trade too? Sorry. Risk with that trade though too, because there was no guarantee that uh, Mark Andre Fleury was going to come. Remember that was kind of yeah. up in the air for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he yeah, he but that made... didn't come up until after the trade, right? If you remember, so right. that wasn't even part of the negotiating of it. That the, on top of that, that just got added in as an extra layer after the trade was made. And yeah. I agree with you, Gate. I think it was yeah. a brilliant move. I'm just wondering maybe if people didn't want to take that gamble and in, in that he wouldn't come like he, I mean, he's going to, he's going to play well this year. He's going to put up good numbers and there's uh, you know, if the Hawks don't earn the playoff run, there's a chance that they flip him at the deadline for someone or something and they get an asset back. Yeah. For and that. Then he signs with Vegas well, in the off season for like a Yeah. And then he goes back as a backup into Vegas in the off season. Everyone's happy in the end. Yep. And he, yeah, I just, it, I don't think it's getting even enough as big as it is. And as much as people did talk about it, I don't think it even is getting enough attention as it is that they literally stole him for nothing. Yeah. Did not call anybody else? I mean, 6 million for one year. I mean, I was going to say, I, I'm wondering if there was another team that maybe, you know, expressed interest. Like the team that just comes to mind off the top of my head is Dallas. I mean, I know Kudobin is there. I don't love him and he's okay. I, to me, well, they picked up Holby, backup. didn't they? Well, they did eventually, yeah. but I just, I, I just think you know, early in the off season, I mean, we all knew Flo- uh, Mark Andre Fleury was available because they were looking to dump that contract. Right. But regardless, he was available the summer before. Fleury, 
Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm just, Ottinger, I'm just curious as to why nobody jumped at that. With Ottinger, that would have been a home run. And there was a lot of talk around that, that that mm-hmm. might be his next destination. Yeah. And I, I don't think we we're all, like you said, we we're all shocked. It was like, he's, he's coming. Well, they here. said he might go back to Pittsburgh too. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. like yeah. there, there had to be a couple of teams out there that were looking to get Marc-Andre Fleury for a little more yeah. than next to nothing. Maybe right. half a nothing. Sore subject. Isn't, shouldn't we have drafted him? Isn't that a sore subject or am I just making that up? I don't know. Nah. You know <laughs> what? Probably a lot of guys we should have drafted. No, I, I just uh, – For a long time, he was known that. as a choke artist. They took him yeah. a long time to figure it out. So yeah. Now, I, I tell you, the Seth Jones thing did seem like a foregone conclusion when there were rumors that, that he was going to be on the move. So I think a lot of people anticipated and expected he was going to be in Chicago. There was a lot of, you know, a lot of scuttlebutt, if you will, about his contract and that it was too much, which I actually – think it was somewhat adequate uh, because I, if he had hit the open market the following year, would he have gotten that much money? Absolutely. In the summer of 2022, Seth Jones would have been paid what the Blackhawks are paying him, what they extended him. They've got contracts that are ending when his deal kicks in. Um, so, you know, I'm, I am not disappointed about the amount of money that they gave a signature defenseman, a franchise defenseman, if you will, particularly with Duncan Heath, Duncan Keith exiting stage <laughs> left. Duncan Heath. Duncan, well, that's how, you said, underneath. that's how you said it in 2010 after you got hit. <laughs> well, so. and and salaries, whether the salary cap goes up or not, player salaries generally continue to go up. So right. Seth Jones was going to make more money than he was going to get paid. Right. Well, depending on how much the cap goes up, which could be very little or, or if it doesn't probably go up, but still players are going to get they're yeah. just going to teams are going to work within the constraints of the salary cap and pay guys more and just have to invest less money into the bottom pairing or the bottom six or the bottom. Yeah. And the constraints of their own cap situation and future cap situation, because I know it's very easy to look at and compare a guy like Seth Jones and say, well, you know, he's making less or more than, than McCarr or this guy or that guy. And look, it's like, you can't look at it in a vacuum like that. It's really, you know, you got to look at it in terms of the team situation. I mean, Mm -hmm. the Blackhawks are going to have, oodles of cap space in like two years once Taze and Kane, that's $20 million, you know, in AAV that's going to be off the, uh, off the books. I would you know, you're going to have to immediately throw that money at to bring it and, uh, right. Probably. <laughs> and doc. And they're going to throw Willie at Kane. They're not letting Kane walk away. Yeah. They're not letting Kane walk away. No. Right. But they'll probably have to pay him, you know, maybe half that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So, right. Half yeah. He's going to, he's going to be money available. No, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. Um, so moving along, great points, fellas. Moving along uh, to a topic to our captain. Um, so many questions coming into the year for Jonathan Taves. None of those questions, in my opinion, are answered to date. Um, one preseason game last night. I don't think anyone anticipated Taves to play twenty-two minutes. Um, I didn't. Which I, I was very surprised about that. Um, and the boy Gino, which is this guy off of the, his a whole year off uh, for 22 minutes in his first game back in a meaningless preseason game. So yeah, well, which is interesting. So I don't, you know, I, I certainly have no clinical background whatsoever, but someone okayed that. Um, there are people in those rooms that know a lot more than we do. But Eric, uh, early thoughts on Jonathan Taves, uh, particularly he played a lot last night. He looked pretty darn good, um, I thought. Um, there wasn't anything, you know, glaring, any big mistakes. It didn't seem like there was too much rust. But should we still be limiting our expectations around what he can do this year and, and what he's going to bring to the table? 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, yes. Was it his first time in a game setting in a year? Yes. And I think, you know, one thing we potentially have to consider too is part of that could have just been him and his body running on pure adrenaline too. I mean, I'm sure. Get out and play hockey. He probably, I mean, that was probably, yeah. Yeah, and he did look good, Um, you know, but let's not get over our skis here. I mean, it's a preseason game against the Detroit Red Wings. Right. Like, you know. That they lost. Well, I mean, (laughs) yes, but the point being, I mean, yeah, it's it's one game. He looked good. He played a lot. Those are all great things, and that's a really encouraging sign. You know, it's not like he had to shut it down after the first period, and that was that. Right. You know, he, he played well, played a lot. That's a good sign. But, yeah. you know, let's let's see it, you know, over the course of 10, 20, 30 games before we start to say he's back. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, what do you think? Um, yeah, Johnny? I agree. I thought I thought he played really well yesterday. He really looked like, you know, the player he was before um, this this uh, ailment, let's call it. Um, I, here's the interesting thing that I found in watching him over the last couple of days. Has anyone ever seen him this happy in his entire career? Yeah, I've never seen him this happy. We always know him as Captain Serious. He rarely cracks a smile, maybe a half a smile, but. I've never seen him this happy. It's like it's like he's like a new human being. I've ne- it's weird. So maybe that emotion and and I don't know anything. I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on TV either. But um, we were sold. We were told you were a doctor. Did oh. you stay in a Holiday Express last night? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. I wish. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think an emotion. You know, look. I, I don't know much about what happened and, and who knows the emotional toll it took. We all talk here about mental health and, and how it impacts athletes and who knows how much that is part of it. But the fact that he was, you know, he's been smiling and is like a kid in a candy store. To me, it says a lot actually about him. Yeah. hundred percent. Great call. Great call on the happiness factor. Shawnee, what do you got? Yeah. He looked good last night. He was good in the face off dot. He, um, he had a little. He was a little critical of himself in the uh, intermission interview, saying like he thought he was lost in his own end uh, defensively. Um, he went to his go-to five-hole shootout move. Um, yeah, he looked. He looked good. He's the the key thing is he said um, his body feels good right now, and that's. I mean, it's it's all going to be like one day at a time with him. Like we're yeah. just going to have to see how he holds up and stuff like that. But it was it was. Exciting to see him on the bench after he, you know, almost ended it in overtime and you, you could read his lips. He was aggravated and swearing. And that's the Jonathan Taves I remember when something doesn't go well on the ice, like he's swearing on the bench. So I, I was happy to see him out there. I mean, it was first, think about it, it was his first game in 477 days. Like, especially for some a professional athlete who plays and trains and his whole life revolves around the game to get back on there. I'm sure it was like a, a cathartic event for him. And I, I, a sense of normalcy for somebody who hasn't had any normalcy in the last year plus. So I was really excited. I was really happy for him and I'm uh, tempering my expectations, but hopefully he, he's around for the majority of the season and can play well. Awesome. 
Eight similar thoughts, Jonathan Taves. Yeah, I mean, he looks. He look. He look you guys said it all. He, he looks good, uh, but you know, it's the beginning of a long season, and uh, how long that kind of energy and happiness lasts, we don't know. Uh, it could end tomorrow because of him. He might start feeling, you know, that he's getting overly tired again or something like that. So we don't know at this point in time, but. To, it, also to expect him to play 22 minutes every game is not a, a smart assumption either. No. Like he, he needs to be, he needs to have controlled minutes and ran, you know, you could ramp him up and uh, sure he's in shape and everyone's with this, uh, you know, he's jacked and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, John, you know, our boy JJ brought up yet to a couple of years ago when everyone was talking about how jacked uh, Brent Seabrook was and how he was looking, how he was going to be able to make a difference once again. Now I, you're de- definitely not going to compare where they at, are, are at in their career. So that's a completely different, you know, part of this, but let's temper the expectations a little bit. Let's just say, hey, it's nice to see him get out there. It's nice to see him looking himself. It's nice to see him doing Jonathan Tay's things and just take it one game at a time because, you know, it it might only last 40 games. It might yeah. last 82 games. Let's just take it in, drink it in, and uh, see where it goes from there. Don't, let's not expect 30 goals out of the guy. The guy, scored, <laughs> the guy scored 30 goals like twice or three times in his entire career. Yeah. And uh, he, I doubt he's going to do it after missing an entire year, after having COVID, after, you know, being two years older now. Um, him having 30 goals is, is a little bit optimistic. So yeah. just, you know, if you get, you know, uh, in the teens of goals or early, lower twenties, maybe that would, that's a win right there. Otherwise yeah. just, let's just take it for what it is. Yeah. I'll be cautiously optimistic just like everybody else, uh, you know, in this group and chatting about it. Um, you know, uh, Andrew, going back to your you know, the happiness factor with Jonathan Taves, uh, seeing him, it was posted on Instagram, probably posted on Twitter too, but watching, even watching him in warmups, just slap pucks around on the backhand and feeding guys. And I mean, just a, a you know, a 33 year old man in a, you know, in a, with a little kid's mind, just in his back in his element, back in his happy place. And that's fun. And that's good to see in the passions there. And, you know, but it's interesting, Gate, you just mentioned on let's, you know, 30 goals, but now you've got people, you know, ripping around on Twitter last night and talking and even credible sources saying, ripping around. I love that yeah. term. <laughs> They're just saying, Oh, well, ooh, and what about, what about Kubalik? He's going to have a 30, 35 goal season now. And he's back with Taves. Well, yeah, well that's dependent on Jonathan Taves digging out pucks on a consistent basis and winning board battles for Kubalik. So he can set up shop and shoot his one timers. I mean, Kubalik had one really good season in, with the Blackhawks, and his line mates were Jonathan Taves and Brandon Saad. You know what he could really use, though? Yeah. Noted goal scorer, David Kampf. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I was thinking Dylan Strom to center his line. <laughs> yeah. Just me. yeah. Again, we talked last night. You know, Dylan Strom, those we do not speak of. You know, those that's really. He's you know, the Voldemort of this podcast. These me a nerve hit. shall not be named. It makes, makes my neck a little. Rough. What about Alex Nylander? No, we'll get there. We'll get there again. Oh boy. I, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> That's sorry. where the fire starts getting. Sorry. Right. Sorry. I'm really having trouble right now. But anyway, with Jonathan Taves, let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope that this is Jonathan Taves who we see. And even if he's 80% of the player that he was when he's when he was 26, 27 years old, I think that's great. 
Um, but I, I really hope it's not one of those where the, the, the demands that the Blackhawks put on him leads to a shortened season for him. Um, cause I think that'd be, that'd be really unfortunate. Let's move- one thing, one, one, yep. one quick thing I wanted to yep. bring up and something I heard and it, which is kind of maybe is a, a good, uh, you know, a good forethought for the way this season might be. And, and we can hope is that, you know, I, I, I'm hearing Jonathan Taze be talked about as the number two center. I mean, we all know he's kind of the number one center, but I, as people I've heard in other podcasts and stuff like that, him being talked about as the number two center, which you would hope if the organization kind of looked at it that way, they would say, you know, let's, let's get what we can out of them, but let's not bleed them dry. Right. You know, let's, let's, let's extend it out a little bit mm-hmm. and, and not burn them all out in one season by playing them 24 minutes. So yeah. I, I, there was a little optimism for me that maybe some, you know, other people have also heard, Possibly that maybe the Blackhawks are, you know, kind of looking into that. It's just wishful thinking in my my mind. But go it ahead. is. On it is. Line center. Yeah, I just I just hope we don't see Johnny being first team PK and then on the first team power play three minutes later, you know, and just asking him to play to wear all of these hats. And then um, all the face offs in the last five minutes of the game right. when they're down by one goal and exactly. all that. Yeah. And, and actually, they but they have the kind of team this year where they're they are going to be in closer games. Um, they mm-hmm. are going to be better. Um, and we'll get to our, our prognostication on where they land at the end of the year in a little bit. Um, but in the meantime, another player, another center, maybe, maybe, we don't know. Um, and if you saw um, Scott Powers' tweet of Jonathan Taves just decimating him in the faceoff dot, maybe he will be a winger at some point. But number 77, Kirby Doc. Um, and I do want to talk about Doc for a little bit, um, particularly with regards to, you know, now he's got a training camp. Uh, last year he came in late with a broken wrist. Should he have even come back as early as he did? That is open for conversation, speculation. Did they rush him back uh, to try to sell jerseys? Probably. We don't know that, but we, I think, uh, I think we all kind of concur on that point. Is this Kirby Doc's coming out party at last? I would not categorize this as his make or break year as a, as a professional um, or not yet anyway. But is this his coming out party? Are we going to finally see a number three overall pick? Um, and even at this young stage in his career, is he going to take those steps? And are we going to see a real impact player where every game you're going, okay, this is a guy you know, that, that we're going to watch, we're really going to enjoy. I'm going to go to Mr. Bard on this one first. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, you know, it's not a make or break season, as you said. Um, I, I think he needs to be put in the right situation. I mean, I was a little bit bothered during the um, practice skates that he that it was Tyler Johnson skating between DeBrinket and, and Kane, which I know you want to try some things and that's what it's for. But, I mean, let's put Doc in a place where he can succeed with, you know, if we want him to eventually be a number one center, Put him with your best players. Put him with Kane. Put him with DeBrinket. Those two have chemistry. And, and put Doc in the middle. So I, I think it really just, you know, he needs to be in the right situation. And I think if he's with those two guys or other guys that are, you know, similar in talent that, you know, like Kubelik or somebody else, he could he could succeed and become, you know, that 30-goal scorer, that, that number one center um, that, you know, we all hope and, and think he could he is capable of being. I'm not ready to put him on a wing yet and – Look, the faceoffs could be an issue. We'll see. But, you know, some people are just not blessed to be or are good centers, but are not, you know, great faceoff guys, you know. Right. So 
I mean, it's almost like you take the good with the bad, so to speak. So, um, yeah, for me, it's it, it's it's not a make or break year, but it's certainly you know one that I am watching, and it and he is set up to succeed, especially if Taves stays healthy. Um, you have Johnson maybe behind him to take a little burden off of him, but I think now is the time for Doc to step up and and also prove he could stay healthy too. Good fodder, I like that a lot. Gate, what are we thinking? Well, I mean, yet yeah, he's he's missed so much time with injuries and stuff, and uh, this is like, it's, I, I feel like he hasn't even really, really didn't even get a chance to have a good rookie season. Yeah. So, you know, I'm gonna I'm not gonna rush a judgment on him. I mean, the things we've seen uh, so far from him uh, are impressive, but then there's other things that were not so impressive, and maybe he improves on them, and you know, maybe he doesn't. Uh, you know. He's a good player. He's got a lot of skill. He's got the chance to do some things. Like Andrew said, like uh, he's he, they got to put him in a in a position to succeed. And uh, you know maybe having Taves there, you could not put him in every single you know not put Doc in every single high pressure situation or face off that he needs to win, putting that kind of you know load onto him. But uh, he's going to need to be a big part of the team. He needs to be better, you know. He needs to take a, another step in the right direction. But I would—I don't know that I'd say necessarily to make or break. I would, you know, give him a little more time. He's shown, I think, at least that he deserves to have a little bit of leeway and, and be given a little bit of patience because he did take such a big jump right at the beginning. Uh, you know, it's not like this this slow burn with the Adam Bofa situation where it's like, is he going to for the fourth year? Is he going to for the fifth year? You know, he, he came out of the box pretty hot. So, um, I, you know, if he can be better than he was the year before, all we can I think we ask for is him to be a little better every year. Um, I don't think we need him to be Connor McDavid uh, in year two just because that's not the kind of player he is. And that wasn't the kind of player he was advertised as either. So um, I, I expect pretty good things out of him and I expect him to be a little bit better. And I think that's what we, that's where our expectation should be with him. Like it, Shawnee, where are you at? Kirby doc Kirby. Yeah. Incremental growth is what we're looking for. I think this season from him, he's, he's got to improve. Like we're looking for him to progress. Um, Think about it. He's only played in what 82 NHL games right now. So He's really only played one full season um, and had the wrist injury. So, yeah, incremental growth is what I'm looking for. He doesn't have to be – if he becomes a star this season, that's even better. But if he gets better and helps the team win and continues to develop, that's awesome. That's that's what we're looking for right now. We're not – it's not the weight of the world on him. He's not – they've made things around the team that Kirby Doc's development now is not the primary focus. So he can develop and be put in a situation where he can succeed. And it, it's not dependent on him to be great for the team to win, which I think is perfect for him. Yeah. So it's an environment where he can develop as opposed to last season where it was all on his development. Um, af- especially after his injury, it was all on his development and he had to improve in a not so ideal situation because the team around him wasn't very good. Yep. Eric. What are your thoughts on Doc? I mean, he's 20 years old. Let's not lose sight of that. It's not like he's 22, 23. So is it a make or break season? Absolutely not. Um, you know, and 
we've talked a lot already about, you know, the wrist injury last year, but let's not forget his rookie season. He got a late start as well because he got hurt during training camp. So he's never had a full training camp. He's never had a full preseason. You know, he's, he's never had time to kind of ease his way into a season, let alone a normal season, obviously. Um, you know, so is it realistic to expect or hope or think that he's going to, you know, quote unquote, arrive this year? No, I don't think so. And does he need to? No. You know, the Hawks don't need him to be, you know, a 70, 80 point guy this year. And it's possible he might not even ever be a 70 or 80 point guy. You know, I mean, like you said, Andy, he's not Connor McDavid. Um, or maybe that was Gabe. I don't remember that was me. Said that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Andy could take credit, though. You can give credit to Andy. That's all right. I, I, yeah, I won't do but, that. But shared credit for everyone involved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there we go. I think Andrew said that, actually. But, um, I which Andrew? Andrews or Andrew or Andy? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go by Drew from now on. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, yeah, the point being – you know, I, I largely agree with what Sean said. I mean, I think it's important that we see him take a step or maybe even two steps this year toward that potential. Does he need to be at that potential at any point of this season? Absolutely not. Does this season determine what he's going to be long-term? Absolutely not. Right. So, you know, I, I, for me, I'm excited to see what he can do in – as close to a normal season as he will have ever had, uh, you know, assuming that he can stay healthy. And, you know, I, again, it's, he's such a young player still that, you know, let's just, let's see what he can do and, and see how he progresses and go from there. I mean, hopefully he can become that future number one center. Do we need him to be a first line center right now? No. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. He's not ready for that right now. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, I agree with all that. And so, first of all, some excellent points all around. I, I don't think with Kirby Doc, we don't even have an idea on what kind of hockey player he is completely yet. Um, and so, you know, I think before the expectations are for him to be a, a superstar, a budding superstar, if you will, we still need to, or the Hawks still need to figure out what that role is and how he's going to develop around that. I love the idea of him being with Kane and Dabrinkit. Is he that puck winner that they need? I don't even think we know that, though, yet. Um, you know, and considering, you know, he has a finesse game, he has speed, but is he the kind of guy that can grind it out? Does he have that defensive awareness of a number one center and kind of the jack of all trades? Um, so I actually do think he's going to grow a lot this year and I'm excited to watch him. Uh, but to your point, and, and all of you kind of mentioned this to expect him to be a superstar this year, is just unrealistic in his first full NHL season, but I do think he'll be an impact player. I do. Will they go as far as Kirby Doc goes? No, he's not not putting the team on his shoulders yet. Will he be that kind of talent one day? Um, I don't even think we know that. But I'm really hoping that at least this year, um, hey, if we strike gold and it's his coming out party, awesome. If it's at least, uh, hey, this guy's a critical piece and he belongs and we're going to make a point to make this a linchpin of the franchise, I would certainly be satisfied with that uh, to no end. I'm actually um, curious to see how he uses that his size. I mean, he's got a yeah. pretty big frame. So, you know, it's like, what is he? Is he, I don't think he's going to be this physical banger type center, but is he going to be able to use his size in a very smart way to create space 
you know, for smaller guys like Dabrinkit and, and, and Kane. Right. And that's why I like that that potential trio. Right. Um, if it doesn't work, then you put him with guys that are a little bit more physical and bigger on his on his wing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you heard these are a lot. There are a lot of these early comparisons to Ryan Getzlaff, which I think is very unfair. Um, you know, I, I to expect him to be have the longevity of Getzlaff to have the the physical play of a guy like that. Um, you know, I think that that might be a long shot. Um, but to your point, Andrew, yeah, I I, I hope once his body fills out, we can see some of that physicality and maybe maybe he will be that puck winner that they're looking for. Um, so we got a lot of fringe guys uh, that are out there and a lot of a lot of roster hopefuls, um, maybe some surprises in the mix. You know, I mean, last year, uh, you know, we were kind of sitting around talking about, you know, who who are some of the fringe players to keep an eye on and, and who might be making it and who not. And, and we did toss around the name Brandon Hagel, for example. And we kind of said, yeah, let's let's watch that guy. Let's keep an eye on him. And now he's a he's an NHL hockey player and a player that the Blackhawks do need uh, moving forward. Will they be able to strike gold with someone like that again? Someone who has either paid their dues in Rockford in some way, shape or form and act an under the radar acquisition. You know, you're hearing names like, you know, Borgstrom potentially in that sense. Um, and then a lot of people after last night's game are getting fired up about Godette. Are there any of the D the, the, the other Jones potentially, but I'm curious your thoughts or, or we still don't know. I, and I know one person on this, uh, on this session right now is not completely sold with the number two behind flower. Might there be another goaltender that might budge up a little bit? Um, this is your chance gate. I'll start with you. Who do you think might be some of those guys that were going, okay, we didn't expect that much out of them and they might have an impact this year. Malcolm Subban. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be Colin Delia. That's going to uh, make it. I think, uh, Kevin Lincoln in his earnest spot, and he would have to do a lot of things to lose it. Um, as sad as it is for me to say, uh, uh, I do think, I, on a side note, I think that, you know, you send someone like Delia down, uh, there's a very good, you know, there's going to be a team out there that's going to need a goalie, a young, cheap goalie that's looking for a, a chance, and uh, there's a very good chance he could get picked up. So, but, uh, you know, I. I don't know that they're going to, they're going to really get anything, um, you know, like they got out of Kurashev or Hagel, you know, they're, they're speaking high praise of Kurashev now. Uh, but, you know, he may end up in Rockford at this I, point. I would agree. I think Kurashev might regress. It's very possible. And, uh, you know, just off the start of the season, just the numbers game, you know, there's, you got like, you know, people don't even mention like, you know, uh, Ryan Carpenter or, or Kara, Jujer Kara. Like there's all these guys on this roster that something's going to have to be done with them. Brett Conley, like Brett Conley's in there doing something. He's making money with the traveling with the Blackhawks or doing whatever. They're going to probably pay him to sit in the press box, but still that's Riley another guy Stillman, on the roster. Your guy, huh? Riley Stillman. <laughs> oh my God. Oh Jesus. You know why the number is just switched around to 61. Cause he's just Zadorov. Hey, take it easy. Take it easy. I've got a, a Riley 61. I'm not own. a Riley Stillman fan at all, uh, <laughs> if, if you can't tell. But, um, no. you know, I don't know that there's – I don't know – with all the the veterans and stuff that they brought in, I don't know that there's a lot of room for any younger guys to really sneak into the lineup. Yeah. 
yeah. because of spots have been taken up. But those are spots that probably needed to be filled by experienced players if you want to be a competitive team. So right. if they're going to be a competitive team, you're probably not going to see as many young guys. Um, you know, you're going to see them when injuries happen and things like that. But uh, to start the season, I don't know that necessarily there's going to be a whole lot of surprises because yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of spots to fill and there's guys who just there's too many people. There's too many yeah. cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, Eric, is that where you're at too? I mean, the Blackhawks certainly, from comparing this year to last year, they have more choices. Um, and I think there will probably go, be some disappointment along with that. But where and are you? Better at? choices. Better choices. In a lot of respects. Right, exactly. So, Eric, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with a lot of what Gates said. I mean, I think, um, you know, there are, you know, the, some added veterans. You know, Tyler Johnson is here. And Jujar Kara is here. I mean, that, you know, that's two guys they'll be playing. You know, they're they're not really fringe guys. They will be playing. Um, Kara, I guess, could be maybe a thirteenth forward, but I mean, he he's a fourth line player. He he can right. play solid minutes for you. I like him a lot. Um, yeah, I have I I, do I actually too. do too. I liked yeah. him when I saw him at Edmonton. I yeah, like yeah. you know he's he sticks his nose in there, but he doesn't do. He's not a complete clown like you know, just he's going to put on a show every time and try to fight right. like Ryan Reeves or something like that. Right. Yeah. No, he he's, scored he's, last night too. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be, he's going to be a value add. I, I, I really think so. I like what he's in. The fans are going to love him. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, he's a tough guy. He's a very tough guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just adding in some of those guys, you know, like Gates said, took up a couple of spots and, you know, again, like Gates said, do you really want some of those younger skilled guys playing fourth line minutes? I mean, does that really do much for them? Not well, really. if you're Mark Lazarus now, <laughs> you want a skilled fourth line because the bangers and crashers don't uh, have passed the game by, which it has gone to show that that's not happened because you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, who were one of the biggest teams in the entire playoffs, who had bangers and crashers, but they did had some skill as well. But no. uh, sorry, I, mean, I, I had to had to, uh, had to yeah, get that out there. Signs. No, I mean look look at the New York Islanders. I mean, come on, they took Tampa to seven. Montreal had had some of that too. I mean, the sandpaper element—it's got to be there in your in your bottom six. Yeah, I mean, because you have skilled guys play? on the fourth line. If they're shitty shitty skilled guys on the fourth line, right. what good is that? If you've got Alex Nylander and Dylan Strom and some other guy out there. The amount of goals you're going to give up from that line is not going yep. to equal anything that they're going to be able to score. So yeah, that's just silliness. Get Tanner Carroll back and put yeah. him on the fourth line. Andrew, you had some you were about to. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, would anybody want to play a fourth line with Carpenter um, centering between Kara and um, and Hagel? No. I mean, that could be a killer line. Yeah, and, the, would... and the one thing they didn't take into account, sorry, I, sorry, I keep interrupting. The one thing they didn't take into account is penalty killing. Who's going to kill your penalties right. if you've got Nylander and Strom and some other turd on the fourth line who they're trying to make a project or tr- trying to prove that they're worth something? Uh, who's going to kill the penalties then? Mm-hmm. You know, besides Jonathan Taze, who can't be killing every single penalty. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just I, I think a, a fourth line of those three guys could potentially work. I mean, I'd like to try it. I have no say right. in the coaching, but um, you know, to me. You know, I, I agree with the point about, you know, not putting these sk- young skill guys, you know, on the fourth line and wasting them. I mean, now you could have them marinate a little bit more in the minors. Right. Um, but then you look at the third line. I mean, to me, if you go back to the cup teams, and I'm not saying that this is a cup team because I don't think it is. Nope. The, the cup, the, the third, the cup teams all had really good skilled 
third lines that could actually do a little bit of everything. They could score, they could defend a little bit. So you put a Tyler Johnson there on that third line with, you know, maybe it's Reichel starting off at the wing or somebody like that. I mean, there could be something there um, that you can try that can get some of the young guys in there. And throw a guy like Gaudet on his flank Gaudet. or something like that. I mean, that's another guy that could be mm-hmm. either on the third or the fourth line. Yeah, Gaudet um, last yeah. night, um, he showed like he was he was involved in the play. He got promoted to the line with Doc and I um, can't remember who else was on that. Doc and Hagel. Hagel. He was hitting people. He's creating scoring opportunities. Um he had the one scoring opportunity in the first period. He was like shot out of a cannon. I think, I think Gaudet's going to be one of those guys who yeah, will maybe, be. maybe a change of scenery. Maybe he's on the fourth line and, and gives him a little skill or something like that. Um, yeah. I will say, I know he's probably not going to make the team. He's probably going to start the year in Rockford, but Hendrick Borkstrom looked fine last night. He wasn't like terrible. He would, at one point, I think he was seven to 10 for the faceoff dot. Like, I think he's going to be a bottom six or bottom three NHL player to start. But I mean, you're going to need those guys eventually. So he's one of those guys that I think that they, they need to play as many games as they can in the preseason. Yeah. See what you yeah. got with this guy. Yeah. Put him in every single game, put him in all yeah. these positions. Cause you don't yeah. know what you have with him. Yeah. I right. think they will too. I mean, this is, yeah, they're. And he hasn't, he played overseas last year, so he's got to get adjusted back to playing on North American ice. Right. He's he's very intriguing. I'm very curious to see where that goes. Now, now speaking of which, as as far as hopefuls and and major prospects in the system, let's uh, let's do just a quick lightning round here. And Shawnee, I'm going to go you, then I'm going to go Mr. Bard, then I'm going to go Mr. Andrews, and then Gate. Does Lucas Reichel make the team out of camp, Sean? Yes no. or no? Andrew? No. Eric Andrews. Yes, but he should not. Gate. Uh well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against the grain. I'm gonna say no. I mean, it's a 50-50 chance here uh, if they try to shoehorn him in or if they've learned their lesson. So yes yeah. or no answers. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna say yes, just to be controversial. I don't know if I believe that or not. But I guess my my yes factor with that is I this kid's got skill. I mean, I, I don't even from some of those mini clips. He's got something. He does. Is he ready for the NHL? I don't know. Um, it's going to be hard to tell. We'll see how the preseason pans out for him. But, you know, you see when uh, in a Scott Powers, uh, you know, when he puts all those ISOs on Twitter, when he ISOs someone in practice, Lucas Reichel's feet are always moving. He's always following the play. He's always <laughs> you mean like when he, when he ISOs uh, Dylan Strom gliding around the, no, not the neutral zone? <laughs> you see so much in those ISOs as far as what, what guys are doing without the puck, and Reichel is very busy away from the play. And Is um, that in between his Max Shalinoff articles? or <laughs> Probably, yeah. I don't, yeah, right. We should do a whole a whole mm. podcast on that. But, but at any rate, I, I – I am going to say yes, and I'm going to kind of go, Andrew or uh, Eric, I'm going to go your fabric. Yes, but maybe he shouldn't be, but maybe it'll be a quick few games, and then he goes back down. Maybe there's someone else who needs some more tuning in uh, in Rock Vegas who comes up and replaces him. Um, you know, with the other thing we haven't really touched base on are, are, are the D. Um, you know, I think that – I think what I, what I want to kind of shift to here is what we talk about the hopefuls is who's going to be on the outside looking in. Um, you know, Bodan is a guy that I really like a lot and I like his skill set and I like the way he plays. I he actually was think he, trash I think last night. He was trash last night. 
He was trashed last night. He had a pretty decent audition last year. He does start the season in Rockford, um, IMO. Um, but who are some of those other fringe guys? And yes, we can open this up to those that we shall not speak of. Um, Andrew, what do you think? Who are the guys who are going to be on the outside looking in who might either be on Rockford or, you know, are going to be enjoying uh, seeing Pat Foley in his last season in the press box pretty often? Yeah, I mean, before I even answer that, I think the interesting thing that I look at when I when I think about their their decor is that I think we have a top three um, with with Jones, with uh, with McCabe, and um, now now I'm just slipping with my mind with the uh, Murphy. With the, oh, Murphy. Yeah. Now I'm not sold on, and I know he's the most experienced, but I'm not sold on um, on on uh, Cal Dahan head here. Uh, Dahan yeah. being that fourth guy. Season. I mean, he he's just never healthy. And to me, it's, you know, he's getting a little bit slow. If he's in my my second pair, a little bit worried there. I think a guy, you know, like Kalnook, and I know, you know, Bodan had a, had a lousy game yesterday. I totally agree. But maybe one of those guys emerges into that, you know, into that fourth spot. And then it, I think it's it's all up for grabs in terms of who that, that final pair is. I mean, to me, it should be Dahan mentoring somebody else potentially, but I mean, I know that could be a little bit of a liability as well, but I think a guy that's going to be on the outside looking in is Ian Mitchell. I mean, I yeah. think, you know, he's had a lot of potential and he's been talked about a lot. Yeah. I mean, he's been talked about a lot as, as one of the yeah. top prospects and look, I, I still think he could be a solid defenseman. And he just, to me, he just didn't look ready for the most part, um, you know, last year. And I, and I, and I think this is, you know, him go, starting off in rock Vegas for a bit, I think can help him. Um, I know he played a bit last year there, so I, I, I think he may benefit a little bit for a little bit more seasoning. Yeah, I would agree. Eric, what are your thoughts? Who's on the outside looking in? Either yeah, I mean, team? I would 100% agree about Ian Mitchell. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think there's any way he makes the team, and he shouldn't make the team. You know, they, they brought in three veteran defensemen this year, um, I guess if you want to consider Caleb Jones a veteran. I mean, he's a young guy, but he's played and he can play in the NHL. Um, I just don't see Mitchell uh, really benefiting from being in the NHL. You know, you don't want him being a number six or a number seven defenseman, not really developing at all. Um, you know, so I, I think he needs to be in Rockford full-time this season. You know, can he be a call-up? Sure. But you know, I, I would put guys like Cal Nook and Bodan in front of him for sure. Mm -hmm. um, as far as other defensemen, I, I know Andy um, likes Alec Regula a bit. Um, I don't really see a spot for him in the organization at this point. Um, trying to think who else on defense. I mean, we've talked a little bit about Riley Stillman. I mean, he, he would play in front of Ian Mitchell uh, Caleb Jones will play in front of Ian Mitchell. Um, so yeah, I mean, eventually there's just no more spots. So, um, yeah, I mean, on defense, Ian Mitchell's on the outside looking in up front. Um, I mean, I, I know he, you know, played to some extent last year, but I think a guy like Mackenzie Entwistle probably on the outside looking in, um, Borgstrom is an interesting one. Um, I'm, I would have to look, um, but he might not be waivers exempt, in which case if he's not waivers exempt, then he'll be on the roster, whether or not he should be. They're not going to waive him and let him get taken for nothing. Um, 
so that's something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, like we said, Brett Connolly probably not going to play a whole lot. Will he get sent down to Rockford, you know, to kind of be like a, a captain leader type guy in Rockford? Maybe, you know, maybe you keep him around in the press box as a 13th or 14th forward. Maybe you just say, hey, you really don't have a spot here. Yeah. So He's down Rock- you go. Rockford's Cody Franz in this year, possibly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Might, so, might be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, those are the guys coming to my mind. I mean, when, now another interesting conversation. We've kind of talked about this too, but another thing that I think about with this conversation is outside looking in, in terms of what type of player you are and what role you need to fit into. And, you know, I'll go there. I mean, Strom and Nylander don't have a place on this team. They just don't. They're not top six NHL forwards. Not here, probably not really anywhere, unless they want to go to Buffalo or Detroit or, you know, wherever. But maybe we Sweden. could. Uh, yeah, that would be fine. <laughs> I, you play I, with Matt Tompkins. I would, I would strongly <laughs> urge those two, after their contracts expire after this season, to consider cashing out in Europe. Um, and seeing what they can do. I, I'm sorry, Andrew, or Eric, I just totally cut you off. And Shawnee, I, I definitely want your opinion on this in a second, but I, I, I don't, I don't think the shelf life of, of Nylander or Strom in the NHL much longer is, uh, is very realistic. Um, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, Nylander is not an NHL player. Does he no. have the skill offensively? Sure. You know, you, you see flashes every now and then, but you can't be a skilled guy that shows flashes every now and then in the NHL. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. So it's, he's, yeah, he, he's a non-factor in my opinion. Um, will they try to see if he can do something? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. No. They'll, so. they'll give him a shot. They've, they've made a lot of excuses for him in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that you actually have to justify the Yoki Haru trade anymore. I mean, True. That, you know, that ended up just being a guy, a guy for, a, for guy. a guy. And, um, you know, and I just don't, Alex, it is very unfortunate what happened to Alex Nylander. Um, you know, I, I, I do think two years ago, you know, he started to have some growth in his game as far as his standards and his ceiling wasn't good enough for me. I'll tell you that much. And it wasn't good enough for a lot of people. But that is the best hockey he's probably played in his life, even though I still don't think it's good enough to be a caliber NHL player. It's not a knock on him as a person. I say that a lot. Um, and he got hurt right at the wrong time. But I just don't I just don't see it. I just don't see it moving forward. Sean, is that where you're at with uh with Mr. Nylander? Is this it for him? Yeah, the experience where does he start the season? Rockford? He should start the season in Rockford because the like you see it. He skates on the outside. He skates on circles. He doesn't, he's not, he's not going to get the puck. He's not a great, there's, there's nothing positive about his game right now. He's, he's just a waste of a roster spot, unfortunately. And the experiment, they're going to justify it in the, they made a trade for him and Stan Bowman will try to suffice his ego saying that, well, he was hurt last year and he was taking a step and they're going to try that, but it's not going to work. He should be in. He should be in Rockford, or they should just, they should just dump him for like a pick or something. If some or a nothing, like just give him to somebody else. Yeah, like I they recall, did. Actually, go I'm ahead. Sorry. 
No, go ahead. I was going to say, if I recall, when he got traded over here, I think the big knock on him was his work ethic. And yeah. that doesn't go away oh, yeah. very easily, especially no. if you're not producing. No, so, and I mean, pick up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and he hasn't everything. shown anything like on right. the ice to, to, just, to not justify that claim. And yeah. Sean, everything you just said about him skating around and just lollygagging, that to me screams lack of a work ethic, the lack of a want-to, yeah. lack of a will. It's like the complete opposite mm -hmm. of, of Taze and pretty much anybody else that's on that roster. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, the interesting thing about Strom um, is that, you know, I think we're all old enough to remember that when he came over to Chicago, I mean, he had actually a pretty nice run. I think he was averaging – what was it about 0.75 or whatever the number was per game? I mean, he was playing really, really well. It's like, where is that guy? So, and what was happened? That, was he playing really well or is that the product of the system they were playing at the time? Cause they were virtually playing no defense. No, that's and true. Were, yeah. And they were also, you know, they were clinging on to dear life. They were almost yeah. eliminated, you know, he, and he's playing with, you know, Debrinket, his body. Yeah. He's yeah. playing with Brinket and he's playing with Kane. There's yeah. a reason why he put up so many points in juniors. It's because yeah. Kane or to bring it and Connor McDavid were his line mates for how many mm -hmm. years? Well, I mean, yeah. the, the bottom line is that the speed of the game, he can't keep up. No, he can't he, skate. He's not a good enough skater to be a quality NHL hockey player. And he's not good enough defensively to be a bottom six player, nor does he have the grit to do so. Yeah. I just, I just don't see Dylan Strome being an NHL asset for much longer. The only thing you could possibly do is try to put him on the wing and away from a position that has so many responsibilities and try him in a bottom six role and say, the only thing we care about is that when you're out there, you don't get scored on. And I'll then give you a second more, option. Yeah. Flip him to the Rangers to play with his brother. Yeah, sure. Well, so, and you know, I think that's then the, he'll get, he'll get boxed out of there pretty That's quickly. Stan Bowman, the, the, the trades for all the brothers. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, think, is, is Dylan Strom your third line center? If it's Taves nope. and Doc down the nope. middle, that is just, that is, brutal to think well, about and jeremy carlton and lineups in training camp essentially yeah. is put strome with like kurashev and godette like they're i don't remember if somebody said this in the the group chat or whatever it was i apologize um i'm gonna bring it to light though that they're just holding on to strome to see what taves does and if they think taves can play yeah that's fair then they're just gonna they're gonna jettison strome for whatever whether it's yeah. it's gonna be like Two guys you've never heard of to play in Rockford. I'm telling you, you, you used, some of his money. It'll be a used puck bag or an Applebee's gift card. Um, <laughs> well, and that's yeah, fine. Listen, listen that's to fine. these other centers, though, like Tyler Johnson. You have Brian Carpenter. You have Borgstrom, who Sean correctly brought up is not waiver exempt. So they're going to have that to keep him on the team. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to give Andy credit for that one, too. Oh, um, cool, cool. Thanks. Adam Gaudet. Those guys are all centers. Those guys are all centers. They could probably play center better than, better and quicker than uh, Dylan Strom. So yeah. he's going to have to go. Yeah, I don't. It just it, there's no fit there. There's no fit there. Okay, we have approached the hour mark, so let's do it. This is on the record. We are forecasting for the Hawks this year, knowing the Central might not be as strong as it once was. Maybe, maybe not. You know, you got, you got. You got some dominant teams in there, and then you have some that are actually a lot like the Hawks. So we're going to go around. Do the Hawks make the playoffs this year? Oh, you're going to go they, here, are we? We're going to go here. <laughs> you know, at the beginning of the season, we're going to go right away. Do the Hawks are the Hawks a playoff team this year? And if so, how far do they go? When does it end? Andrew, new guy, 
We're going to put you on the spot right away. Andrew, Andrews or Andy? Yeah, we're Andrew Bard. Mr. Bard. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call me Daniel. Andrew Bard. Yeah. Are the I'm Hawks going to down? probably regret this, and I'm going to say they make it as a wild card. Um, but there's a lot of ifs. And I can't say that with uh, say that they're going to make the playoffs with confidence, but the amount of improvements that they've made, you know, give me hope that that could happen. I'm not a big Colleton fan in terms of X's and O's. I like how the, the how the team has played with lesser talent in terms of in terms of the effort. I mean, they've been there, sort of hanging around the playoffs the last couple of years. I know it's been shortened seasons, but this is a season that will tell us a lot about how Colleton has evolved as a coach, if he has evolved as a coach. Um, so that's, what's really giving me pause in terms of, but I'll, but I, I think the, the West has gotten uh, a little weaker, um, mm -hmm. you know, teams like Dallas and, and, and Nashville and, and look, I think Minnesota had a Cinderella year last year and I, and I don't think they have a similar season. Um, so I think there is opportunity to sneak in to the playoffs because of that. You know, I, I think, you know, Colorado, Winnipeg, St. Louis are really the top you know, three-ish, not necessarily that order. Um, but, yeah, that's – I'm thinking that they could get in as a wild card. They'd probably be one and done. But is that going to be enough to save jobs? I don't know. Gotcha. Eric, what do you think? Do they make it? I would give a very similar answer to what Andrew just said. I think, you know, there are a lot of ifs and question marks with – you know, with this question, you know, is everyone healthy? If they are, then I would probably put them in a wild card spot. Yeah. If Taves, you know, it can't be his normal self or even close to his normal self, I don't know. If Seth Jones doesn't, you know, go back to being an elite defenseman, probably not. If Flurry struggles or gets hurt, you know, whatever it might be, probably not. Um, you know, and like Andrew said, I mean, there's just a lot of teams in this division right now that are kind of in the same boat. You know, what are they? What, you know, what is Dallas? What is Minnesota? What is Nashville? What is St. Louis? I mean, there's so many teams in this Winnipeg. division. I yeah, think, yeah. yeah, even Winnipeg, I mean, Colorado, in my opinion, is the only team in this division that I would say they're a playoff team. Yeah. And conversely, Arizona is yeah. the only team where I, I would say they're not a playoff team. Everyone else, the other six teams, they could make it, they could not. So right. you got to pick three or four that are in, and you got to pick, you know, two or three that aren't. So it's kind of a roll of the dice, you know, flip of the coin, whatever you want to say, but I think it's mm -hmm. going to come down to health and, you know, if, if they are healthy for mu much of the year or all of the year, I think they could get in as a four or five. I don't think that they would be any above the four seed in the division, but um, you know, if they do get in, they're probably going to be playing either Colorado or Vegas. And uh, that's not really a good recipe. So I don't see them getting more than five or six games in the playoffs if they make it there. Yeah. Shawnee, is that where you're at? Nope. They make the playoffs. 
I'm going bold. They make the playoffs and they win their first round series. Oh, jabroni, jabroni. No, boot him I'm off. Tired of boot everyone. him Stop off. Stop being wishy washy on stuff. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Let's yeah. make a decision. Wishy washy yeah. doesn't mean making. I love it. I love ridiculous it. predictions. I, well, hey, hey you know on. what? Somebody's got to do it, and I'm going to be the one to do it. All right. I don't, he doesn't want to hear about the labor. Just show him the baby. Come yep, on. Exactly. <laughs> don't don't tell me about the labor pain. Show me the baby. I yeah. think he doesn't want to see how the baby's made. Whoa, hey. Whoa. Okay. We're live. Let's, let's We're not live. talk about that We're again. Live. We were We're already, live. you know. No, I – there's so many meddling or middling teams in this division, and I think, yeah, like, Colorado's going to win the division, and then the Hawks are gonna just going to kind of, you know, advance because they're going to have – they have a lot of talent, and I think they got better, and I think they're going to win because they're going to be the tallest midget, essentially. They're going to make the playoffs going to be the tallest midget Uh-oh. out of this group. And okay. that that's not saying much, but they're going to – and then they're going to shock somebody in the first that's round. That's what I'm saying. Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be great. Seth Jones solidifies that defense. You still have Patrick Kane. I think they're, they're going to win a, a playoff series, and then that'll be it. And that's what this team is built for. This team is not built to win the Stanley Cup. This team is built to go to the playoffs, up somebody, somebody in the first round, and that's it, to sell more tickets for those – that first round, maybe you get six games in the first round. You get another four in the second round. That's ten more games. The city's a buzz about it again. Jeremy Colleton gets another another couple of years, and Stan Bowman looks smart. That's what they're going for. That is that is the whole point of this team. So I'm going to embrace what this team is for, and I'm going to enjoy the ride. I mean, that's what I'm tired of being a crap team and watching crap so if if they're better i hope they make the playoffs and i hope they win a, a series cold mediocrity yeah, yeah. on ice <laughs> 81 and eight, i was 81 and 81 was great for the cubs why not the blackhawks let's go cold mediocrity on ice i like that you go you got them going all the way gate what's the deal here no, no. You know okay. what? They they could very they could very very well sneak in but i don't think they're i don't think they're just going to have the depth and uh to go that far. I mean, they're, they took, they did. I mean, as good as Mark Henry Flores, they also did take a lot of people, other people's spare parts. Yep. And uh, so, you know, we got to keep that in mind as well. I don't, you know, one man junk is another man's treasure. I said that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's exactly what Stan uh, Bowman did this summer. He took everybody's junk, which is going to make them better. It's definitely going to make them better. And they could make the playoffs. I don't know that I would go as far to say they're going to win an entire round, but um, yeah. they could win a game or two. They like they did in that in that uh, play-in thing, that they're a fake play-in thing that they got into, and uh, you know they'll they'll they're going to be stronger. There's going to be something that at least fans can look forward to going to some games. You're not going to look at the the last three quarters of the season like last season where they just completely flamed out, and they were one of the worst teams in the entire league. And uh, if you're not, you I don't think you're going to fall see asleep. That. You put the game on and you fell asleep. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see a competitive team that's you know is could probably sneak in, like you guys are saying. In a, you know, they're not going to win the division, but could probably sneak into a playoff. I mean, because look, look at how many times with with these terrible teams that they had in the past couple of years, where they were actually in the playoff run for like three years in a row. For a little while there, they were in the playoff run. And everyone was talking playoffs. Anyone with half a brain knew they weren't going to make the playoffs. 
but right. they were they were up there for a while. They just didn't have the staying power at the end. They didn't have the experience, the extra experience on that roster that they had dumped with losing Hosa and all those guys. Now they've brought in some more. Tyler Johnson being one of them. I'm not saying he's he's marrying Hosa, but he's got the experience. And they get he has they, those kind of guys. We're going to have that kind of staying power. Mark Andre Fleury knows what to do to get into the playoffs. McCabe, not so much, but I think he's the kind of player who can. Seth Jones has had some playoff success. So it's like you you brought in guys that, that, that can probably get you to the playoffs. Whether they can the go far, I don't think so. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to say they'll make the playoffs, and they'll probably lose in the first round. Yep. I am going to go their playoff team in their first-round exit. They'll go up 2-1 in the first round because Flurry will be standing on his head while they're still trying to figure out what it's like to be back in the playoffs again. Then he will make a puck handling error and the series will turn and uh, they'll be out of there. And then they will enjoy golf and on the couch and watch the New York Islanders carry the cup around in, uh, in June. That is a very detailed prediction, Biff Tannen. That's how it's going to go. Biff Tannen. Does he have the book? Does he have the book? Tell me, he's kid, got the else, book. You know he's about got that. the book. Because yeah. that was a little too detailed for my liking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did have the book. Yeah. Sometime and at some point, some kid and some wide-eyed scientist is going to come asking around the book about the book, and if that ever happens. So anyway, uh, we are well past the hour, but we're so excited. We're giddy. We're fired up for Blackhawk hockey. Rink rats. Thank you all for joining us tonight. To Shawnee, Gate, Eric, and the new Andrew Bard. Thank you for being here. This is going to be a lot of fun this year. Um, until we meet again, we will have multiple ring casts coming up. Be well, my friends. Again, one last time, puck hockey. To get your rink, your rink rats, rink wear. Puckhockey.com, discount code, the rink, all in caps. 10% off, $100 gets you a free t-shirt. And yes, I am reading this off the screen. <laughs> P-U-C-K, H-C-K-Y.com for all you listening. P-U-C-K, H-C-K-Y.com on all the social go. media. Yeah. No way I was memorizing that ahead of time. I've right. said it once or twice. Okay. <laughs> all right. Be well, everybody. Uh, take care. Have a good night. Go Hawks.